My name is Jeremy Devins, and welcome to the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast. And in today's episode, I'm going to talk about the basics and essentials of Vedic astrology. So this is for somebody who's like totally new. Maybe you don't know anything about Vedic astrology, or maybe you know a little bit, but you just want to brush up on the basics and essentials. So I'm going to share some of the main points and things that really differentiate Vedic astrology and what makes it different than the Western sun sign astrology that you probably know and maybe even love and have a lot of attachment to like I did uh, and why you would even consider maybe you're possibly a different sun sign. What? Why would that possibly be true? And I'll talk all about that in this episode today and the main differences and the things that you'll want to know if you want to just start to explore maybe what Vedic astrology is all about. So as always, this podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever you find them, YouTube, uh, subscribe, like, comment, that all makes a huge difference and helps people find these. And you can even become a supporter on the podcast if you click the link in the show notes where you find that. So my name is Jeremy Devins. I've been studying astrology and Western astrology really as far back as I can remember. That stuff fascinated me. And I really got into it around 2006, and I really started to analyze my chart and got just really immersed in it. And I was studying astrology almost daily, just on my own free time, just really getting interested in it. And I learned a lot about myself and found it very therapeutic and helpful. And then around 2012, after I'd become a yoga teacher, been practicing yoga and meditation for several years, I found a teacher in Austin, Texas, where I live named Matab Benton. He wrote a book called Astrology Yoga, and he's a yoga teacher and astrologer for many years, and he does Vedic astrology. And uh, I was curious, right? So I really knew him and liked him and trusted him from the yoga teaching. And uh, you can look up his stuff. He's, he's great. He does retreats. He does all sorts of trainings. Uh, lead, he trains teachers. And this, this book he wrote is really comprehensive and thorough. Uh, so, so I really resonated with him. So I was like, all right, I'll check out a reading and see what it's about. And I went to the reading and of course it blew my mind. It was amazing as he touched on things that I uh, was just like amazed. Like, how do you know this stuff? Like he barely really knew me at that point, but reading my chart, he is very detailed and knew a lot about my childhood and my family and my history and my uh, loss of father, loss of family and things like that. It's just really specific details that uh, were very helpful in understanding my own psychology and my mind, my personality, my purpose, what kind of work I'm here to do, what kind of people I might work with. All that stuff was very helpful in my early 20s, as you can imagine, in your early 20s. Uh, so I decided to check it out more and explore more. And I did an apprenticeship with him and learned a lot about Vedic astrology and did several classes with him. I actually met my partner at a class of his. Uh, we knew each other from outside of that class, but uh, we both did our first uh, astrology workshop course with him in that class. And uh, we've been friends ever since, and we became partners uh, just as, you're, as I'm making this a year and a half ago. Uh, so astrology, Vedic astrology can bring people together as well. Uh, so that was my experience, and uh, I made some... Uh, also great friends, but I've made a really great friend in that way. Uh, so that was also from looking at our chart. She's an astrologer as well. We kind of looked at our compatibility. It was like, mm, that's interesting. I'm surprised we never actually tried dating before. Let's try dating, see how that goes. And uh, the charts and the stars validated that. So anyway, 
that's kind of how I got here. And I didn't think that I would ever know nearly enough to even share what I do know. Uh, it was definitely challenging to learn and challenging to ter come to terms with different sun sign. Different. Well, actually, I, I had the same sun sign, which is not very common. Uh, it's about a four degree range where you might have the same sun sign in both Western and Vedic astrology. And I actually have a free... Uh, download for this episode. It's uh, it's a, a chart that lays out and this took me a while to make it. It does not exist. This is the kind of stuff it's like I just somebody just show me what they're talking about because I want to see it visually. So I made this visual representation of you can see the Western Zodiac where it says so say Western astrology says that the Sun is in Aries at this time on the spring equinox uh, but Vedic astrology says it's at a different spot and Western astronomy like the astronomy that is widely regarded as the actual placement of the stars in the sky and the planets and everything that has a certain uh, demarcation of where things are and Vedic astrology is very close to that actual uh, astronomy calculations because in Vedic astrology Thousands of years ago, they were also calculating the tilt of the earth, which takes a very long time to become aware of, generations to become aware of, especially if you're only living to like 30, 40 years, as is common in the past, as far as we know, as far as I know. Uh, so the Vedic astrology, uh, they figured out because they had this unbroken lineage for several generations and this tradition of Vedic astrology studying basically it was astronomy as well as was kind of intermersed and uh, they're really uh, intertwined of what astronomy and Vedic astrology is basically the same thing uh, they weren't separated like they are now astronomy and astrology but they would study the stars and the movements of the stars and the planets and they noticed there's a tilt of the earth and that caused a what's called the precession of the equinoxes so every 72 years where we are in relation to the constellations moves one degree. So whereas the spring equinox was Aries at one point thousands of years ago, now it's one degree back every 72 years to the point now that Western astrology is about 24 to 27 degrees, depending on who you ask or what calculations you look at. But it's generally around 24 to 27 degrees behind or, or ahead of where uh, the actual equinox is where the actual constellation is so it's incorrect so it's not actually as you say sun is in aries you look up it's actually not so and i've actually laid that out in a way that you can visually see exactly where they line up and then you can see what your own sun sign is and if it's within that four to seven degree range it's the same but if it's not Sorry, bad news, you're a different sun sign, and you might be devastated, as many people are, uh, because we so identify with the personality. So interesting, right? This personality that we have. And really, what is astrology, if not a tool to become maybe aware of that personality, but not attached to it? Uh, because you can read all day, like, okay, you're an Aries person, so you're ambitious, you're driven, you're, you initiate things. Uh, that is helpful to an extent, but what's more helpful and interesting, I think, is sort of what's your progression in life? What's your spiritual progression and path in life? These are the kind of things you can see very clearly in Vedic astrology that are very distinct to Vedic astrology. 
And this is because, so they've got the same zodiac, right? So the same 12 signs of the zodiac, exact same, uh, Western astrology, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, right? All that stuff. And then it's this exact same 12 signs in Vedic astrology. So that doesn't change. Then you've got the planets, and those are almost exactly the same. So you've got the sun, you know, the sun and the moon are technically not planets, but uh, in Vedic astrology, they're called grahas or graha, like it's where we get the word grasp. It's a it's sort of a hold. It's got a hold on an energy, a quality. And so much of Vedic teaching is about qualities. In yoga, I teach about stira and sukha, effort and ease, these qualities, essentially yin and yang. So in Vedic astrology, the grahas, the, there's nine grahas, right? So there's the sun, the moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and then the nodes of the moon, the north and south node of the moon, which are represented by Rahu and Ketu. These are uh, sort of mythical lore. Uh, Rahu is a head and Ketu is the body. And they are, so Rahu is just the head separated from the body, decapitated, insatiable. Uh, it has no body to tell it that it's full, so it's just constantly consuming. And then K2 is the body detached from the head. Uh, it's all about detachment. It's all about separation. It's all about uh, liberation and getting rid of the ego and just being more interested in spiritual pursuits. And those are similar not not exact, but similar to what in Western astrology are called the north and south node of the moon, which are uh, generally related to similar things about maybe what this lifetime is about, the north node, your purpose, the south node, maybe a past life, if you believe in that. In Vedic astrology, that is part of the tradition of past lives. And then in Western astrology, there's Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto also factored in, but... From Vedic astrology standpoint, as far as we know from the records, they did know about those planets, but they believed that they were not as important and influential as the other nine grahas because they're so far out. It would be like now calculating the effects of things, other bodies that are far out. And uh, they believe that it's like what we can see with the naked eye without using any sort of telescopes or just what we can observe by looking up in the sky, which are as far as Saturn and Jupiter, uh, that is all we really need to know to understand how it affects us on this material plane on Earth and our own human experience. That being said, I do find some value in looking at the outer bodies, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, and I have found value in that. And some modern Western or Vedic astrologers will factor that in and explore that. And uh, that's something you could look at for yourself. But I found some some interesting results but generally those things are generational and that's the same for western astrology as well these things are not so much personal but more generational and influential over a wide uh, decades the wide span of time because they take a long time to move to different signs so several people like a whole generation would have the same uh, pluto for example pluto in the same sign so the planets, relatively the same, right? There's no uh, new made-up planets or anything. Uh, you can say Rahu and Ketu are sort of uh, imaginations or uh, sort of expounding on what the north and south node of the moon are. But that's the, the signs the same, the planets pretty much the same, and the houses are the same. So the houses are 
essentially, like you say, you look up in the sky and this is Aries and it, it occupies this space of the sky. Now you just take that space of the sky, but you take away the constellation that's in it. And you just keep that the division of the sky. You've got 12 divisions of the sky, which you often see as a circle in Western astrology. In Vedic astrology, it's either in a uh, sort of rectangle, the North Indian style chart, or a square, South Indian style chart. Either one is totally valid and helpful. Uh, neither one is necessarily better than the other. Generally, I use the North Indian style, but when I'm looking at transits, it's easier to use the South Indian chart, which uh, in general, all you need to know is that there's 12 houses for now, and then they're actually the same uh, between the Western astrology and the Vedic astrology, whether it be North Indian or South Indian. And those similarly mean similar things. So the first house is about like the personality, the body. The fifth house represents fortune, uh, speculative gains, creative uh, sort of output and expression. So your published work, like if you're an author, the work that you publish out in the world. Uh, children, if you're going to have children. Seventh house represents relationships, business contracts. These are the same for Western and Vedic astrology. And if you want a refresher on these things, go back through my Quiet Mind Astrology podcast. You can go back step by step and there's actually guides you can download to accompany those episodes so you can take notes and learn and integrate this stuff yourself so you're learning signs planets and houses these are the building blocks of astrology when you know this now you start to break things down and it's just no way that there are only 12 types of people in the world and this is why you can't just look at a horoscope in a newspaper and say, oh, I'm an Aries, and this is the Aries forecast, and me and, uh, like, uh, what, uh, hundreds of millions of people are all having the same experience? Of course not, right? So you're much more complex than that, and you've got all the 12 signs in you being expressed in some way, or maybe debilitated in some way, or exalted in some way. You've got all the planets uh, affecting you, Right, so that's all energies as above, so below. They're external expressions of energies within you. So it's like all of these points of energy sort of made a matrix at the moment of your birth, and that energy essentially crystallized into your body and who you are. And those energies and those those grahas, the planets, this these things in space that have a gravitational pull and effect on us and magnetism and affect the tides of the ocean and everything, they all were affecting you, your body at a certain way when you were born and they help you understand you know, your path in life. And that's something called the dashas or the planetary periods. And this is very distinct to Vedic astrology. There's no dashas in Western astrology. And this is essentially a planetary period for each planet. For example, uh, Saturn has a planetary period. So there's a Saturn period in life that's about 20 years. There's a Rahu period in life that's about 19 years, right? So these, there's several years. They're all different. The sun is shorter. I think it's seven years. Um, and I'm just kind of memorizing from the top of my head right now. Uh, I don't know everything. I'm not going to try to pretend I do. But all the planetary periods are different lengths. Some are shorter, some are longer. And those go play out over the course of your life. So it's like you're unraveling this karma. So during the Saturn period, 
it's a great time to just be doing hard work service work being of service to others being dedicated to your commitments and practices and being you're going to be tested in those commitments and practices and that's a, a through that period that whole 20 year period that's what's happening so and if you're and it depends where the saturn is placed in your chart right because you don't you wouldn't just like go to a buffet and want to eat every meal for your entire life right there in that day like you want to savor it and enjoy it and, and if you eat too much like the you don't even taste it anymore it becomes sort of meaningless so you want to savor that meal and then have another meal later and then maybe get hungry so you feel that hunger and then the food tastes even better and this is the karma playing out this is what it's like for the karma to play out in life you don't want to have all your successes at once uh, this is sort of the understanding of vedic astrology of like we didn't come into this life to just say like, just give me all the good stuff now and I just want to enjoy it and don't want any problems, right? There's going to be challenges that teach us lessons and the, the dashas can help us see those things. And there's going to be restrictions and limitations and delays and setbacks and they're all lessons for our growth. And even if it doesn't feel like it at the time and I've definitely had my own challenges in life and the astrology, as far as I understand, really validated that experience. and validated my difficult childhood of constantly moving and not having a father in my life so that's in my chart and i can see it. it's like it's right there those those exact indications there's especially when you see something like two or three times in a chart it's like that is definitely a karma that's going to play out and fortunately it already has played out and i've learned from it and moved on and now i'm on to like what's next what's possible next right and the dashas help you see those things and that's you, know, you just have to get a birth chart reading like there's uh, there are some websites you can look at like astrosage.com is a good resource uh, cosmic insights is a good resource there's an app called align 27 that you can uh, get daily little mini forecasts specific to you and your birth time and you want to make sure you have a pretty good idea of your birth time uh, and that's how you get your chart right so that's another basic fundamental thing you need to know your birth time place and date and that will give you your birth time and you'll see all of these things laid out so your first house whatever sign is there is considered your ascendant so for example if you have taurus in that first house you're a taurus rising or gemini there you're gemini rising then you look at the sun what sign the sun is does matter it's not as important as western astrology because the sun is there for about 30 days, like 28 to 31 days for everybody. So that's pretty broad. So Vedic astrology likes to get very specific and say, like, where is your moon? And very specifically, the 27 divisions of the sky called nakshatras. And this is something that I'm still really learning myself. And I'm going to be sharing a lot more as I do my own study and research. And I've learned a good deal, but not enough to say, like, I'm very confident with it. And this is, you know, there's always more to learn. I'm always a student. And I hope that in a year from now, I'm blown away about what I didn't even know that I didn't know, as I have been for years past already as a studying, an astro studying astrology. Uh, so nakshatras are the 27 divisions of the sky and these are very precise and uh, the nakshatra changes every two and a half hours so this helps you be very precise in where exactly 
and then from within that there's four divisions of those of those divisions so you can be even more specific so this is the padas and this is how you get to like very precise and from the the study that i have done when i look at these and uh, ask clients when i do readings about them you know is this true for you is that it's like boom on point and the nakshatras uh, are the way to really get very precise so it's not just like millions of people have the same nakshatra as you because you've got your moon nakshatra like every every planet has a nakshatra that it's in so then you can get extremely precise very quickly and you know what dasha you're in all the other things we talked about right so those are the basics of vedic astrology and then beyond that you can get into divisional charts and look at your spiritual progression in life uh, what you're like after marriage if if you get married and uh, if you're going to have wealth there's a chart for that for wealth for career there's a chart for literally everything and they're all like divisions of your main chart but if you know your main birth chart all you got to know is your birth time date and place and you can reach out to me at quietmind.yoga/astrology to schedule a reading you can go to one of these free sites astrosage uh, and they'll have different options if you want to pay for things but you can get free read free charts and just kind of get basic interpretations um, astrosage align uh, 27 cosmic insights those are all great resources and uh, keep following my podcast because you can go back and, and listen to again the the signs the planets and the houses are the building blocks once you know those now when you look at your chart it's just you're learning the language it's like learning to read hieroglyphics it's like you know this character means this the sun represents authority father figures uh could represent government your your sort of soul your your purpose your power in this life and then like mars is like your war your energy your ambition your drive your venus your love your compassion your kindness your your beauty uh, and, and then you start to understand well what if my venus is debilitated in virgo how does that and then if it's in my seventh house of relationships maybe i'm gonna have some challenge in expressing my uh, passion for my partner right so you start to piece these things together and it's like now you can decipher the language and I'm all about, in my yoga teaching, I'm all about uh, making you independent and, and helping you and guiding you, being like an ally and encouraging your own inquiry, but then being able to remove myself so you don't become dependent on me or any teacher. You learn, basically, learn how to fish yourself, right? You teach a person to fish rather than teaching them uh, or just giving them a fish, right? Teach them the skill. So my intention it really is to empower you and teach you the skill that's so incredibly valuable but so difficult to really master and there's so much confusion and, and difficulty in finding clear information so my intention is to clarify that information and you can get this free download that i'm talking about at quietmind.yoga sun sign and it'll lay out everything i was talking about you see the zodiac for the western astrology the zodiac for sidereal the sidereal zodiac which is what vedic follows and then the uh, uh astronomy so what astronomy says where the planets are uh, and where the uh, constellations are so the 
there's actually an extra constellation in there. Uh, so you might have heard of that recently, like there's a 13th sign. And uh, that's true. Scorpio is actually a much shorter division of the sky than we we calculated, even in Vedic astrology. But you'll see that in the chart, quietmind.yoga slash sun sign, to get that free download and see for yourself what your actual sun sign is. But caveat is your sun sign isn't quite as important as you might think and you really got to understand your chart holistically there's no real shortcut right anybody who says oh i'm an aries so i'm always this way or i'm a gemini so i'm always this way or i'm a leo that is so much ego right that's just your ego is just attached and fixated on this identity now and it's using this spiritual pursuit of astrology, of Jyotish, the science of light, and put a veil of ego on top of it. And now it's no longer the science of light, it's just another veil of ego and distraction. Of, I don't have to be kind to people because I'm a Leo and I'm arrogant and I like to be sort of demanding and have things my way. That's That could be true, but that you don't blame astrology that's your ego dude right so take ownership of that and then use astrology for what it's meant for to lift that veil and become aware of the dharma the karma that's playing out in your life and what your purpose your dharma is in this life what you're here to do which i can guarantee is not here to be selfish and arrogant uh, i think that we're all here in some way to serve and support each other and uplift each other and we all have a unique way of doing that uh, and that's shown in your chart, in your 10th house, your dharma, uh, your your divisional chart of your 9th house, right? And there's different things you can look at and see that, even just like your nakshatras. So if you're curious about all that, a good place to start is getting that uh, quietmind.yoga slash sun signs to see what your new sun sign is, because it is important. It's not the most important, but it is important. And then you can check out the Quiet Mind Yoga, Quiet Mind Astrology podcast, I also have a yoga podcast, but the astrology podcast and read about the, listen to the episodes about the houses, get the free guide for that and understand the houses, get the free guide for the planets, right? There's no real shortcut here. It is challenging, deep work, but it's so rewarding and so fascinating when you get into it. And I think I've started to lay things out in ways that are really helpful. I'm going to have some online courses in the future that will really uh, lay it all out in a way that you can follow along and really get it down. But right now, all this stuff is free, and it'll stay up there at Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast. So again, if you're liking this stuff, like, subscribe, comment, share. That stuff really matters. And if there's a specific question you have about astrology that I did not answer, leave a comment on the YouTube video and just say, like, hey, what about this? Like, I'm not sure about this thing. And I'll do my best to answer and respond and, and provide some sort of help and hopefully some sort of inquiry to aim you back to sort of finding the answers for yourself and point you where to look. All right, so thank you for checking this out and thank you for listening. And I'm excited to share more with you soon. And uh, the next thing I'll put out is uh, a forecast. And I like to do these forecasts every month. Uh, so you'll get the monthly forecast uh, based on Vedic astrology and all of the things going on and how they'll affect you personally and all of us generally.